From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, presbyopic IOLs and stone soup, part two. At the end of the conclusion of the study, we measured the near visual performance with both eyes, and the results were that uh, there was no difference amongst the three groups. First, this. This year's ASCRS annual symposium was great. I learned a lot that I'm applying to my practice right now. If I have any complaint, it's that I couldn't get to all the sessions I wanted to because some of them overlapped. That's why I'm so excited about the new ASCRS Media Center. More than 1,300 sessions from that meeting are now available through this great new resource. See what you missed or revisit the most interesting sessions. The Media Center is free to all meeting attendees. Stay tuned after the podcast for more information. This is part two of my interview with George Baiko on mini monovision and presbyopia correcting intraocular lenses. We pick up where we left off last time. What question did your study seek to answer? To see if there was any um, objective way that we could measure um, for an advantage of these IOLs. Uh, for near visual performance. And to that extent, what, what were the main outcome measures and, 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 and what was the design of, of, your, of your study, George? So the design was um, basically randomized. Um, any patients that we had that were coming in who uh, were motivated to have freedom from spectacles or improvement of their near visual performance were then told that they'd be enrolled in a study in which they would be in one of three arms and the goal of the study was to try and improve their new visual performance based on what's been published before, and then that we would compare that at the end of the study to see how well they were performing. So that was to try and control motivation on the part of the patients. They were all told that they were getting um, a lens or a procedure that was designed to improve their near visual performance. And what were your results? What were your findings? Well, okay, so we, we, we got these patients, we enrolled them. The one group got the Crystallins HD. That group was the, designed to get um, slightly hyperopic result because the Crystallins HD, as you know, has got a, a central um, aspheric portion to it about, about the size of 1.5 millimeters that has um, essentially a multifocality to it of about a diopter and a half. So that was one group. The Tetraflux group, was designed for mini monovision. And then the control group, the technus group, was also designed for mini monovision. We measured their pupil size under photopic and mesopic conditions. We measured their corneal higher order aberrations. Um, all the patients had less than one diopter of astigmatism going into the study. And we measured that post op as well. And then at at the end of the conclusion of the study, we measured their near visual performance with both eyes. And the results were that uh, there was no difference amongst the three groups. George, at, at this point, I, I, I would normally ask you how the data from your study compared to those of, of, of prior studies. But let, let me ask this, this first. How does your study design compare with the study designs of prior crystalline studies? Just so that, that I know that we're, we're comparing apples and, and, and apples. 
in, in previous studies, there was no attempt to try and control for these um, sources of pseudo-accommodation or no obvious uh, design that outlined that they controlled for them or that they analyzed the patients to look at uh, the effect of pupils, the effect of uh, higher order aberrations, uh, or the effect of um, any residual um, refractor error that they had. So we controlled for all those things. This is the first study that I'm aware of that has been published that does this. Right. So, I mean, it, uh, the, a, a fair question to ask would be, can I compare uh, your your data to that of of prior studies, and I think that that the that the answer is probably no, because you well, know I, I the, think, you know we're used to seeing data, we're used to seeing accommodative amplitude, we're used to seeing near visual performance, we're used to seeing uh, terms such as depth of focus, depth of field thrown around, but there's no valid comparison. Um, we're used to seeing you know versus a monofocal lens A versus a monofocal shows an advantage. But then there's no attempt to show us um, whether all these other factors were controlled for. And, uh, and this was the first study that actually did that. I understand in, in theory on, on paper from an optic standpoint of view how the tetraflex and crystal lenses um, are supposed to, to, right. to work. But tell, tell me, how much um, are the tetraflex and crystal lens actually known to accommodate outside of, let's say, pilocarpine-stimulated trials? Okay. Um, and again, if you look at the data, so if we look at accommodation from the displacement point of view, we can show that any lens, whether it's multifocal, monofocal, uh, whether it's a three-piece or a one-piece, can be shown to show displacement with accommodation, and that movement can be uh, about 300 microns, and in some studies, uh, I mean, Spencer Thornton and Stuart Cummings show it up to 700 microns in the old days. Um, the difference is we're much more precise with our measurements now. And most studies that you see, it's less than 500 microns that you'll see that displacement. So we know that there is some displacement in some individuals, but it's not predictable. And it's not in every individual. So we know there is some displacement. So you have to have that in, in the background when you're looking at a study that says we have X number of patients that so we've been able to show displacement with our lens. And you have to ask the question then, but in your control group, how many patients show the same amount of displacement, which has never been done. So from the displacement point of view, um, a valid comparison hasn't been made. Um, so it, then what is the other, you know, forms of accommodation. Well, is there any change in the lens shape or in the lens uh, characters? And there are some higher order aberration studies that have looked at uh, the lenses with the Tracy system showing that there's some changes in the uh, higher order aberrations of the lens with accommodation. But again, those are with certain individuals and they are consistent. And I think you can show that with other lenses as well, but that has never been, you know, because in our studies when we looked at monofocal controls in the COAS system, which was that computerized um, system using higher order aberrations, we were able to see some changes in the monofocal group as well. So the whole purpose of the studies was to say, let's try and compare apples to apples. Um, let's take the finances out of this and see, is there an advantage to a lens so that when I sit down with my patient, I can say, you know what, I've looked at this and I, I it's the best of my um, 
abilities, I've been able to demonstrate that this lens has an advantage that uh, you might want to pursue. And I wasn't able to show that with my study. So, you know, I, I don't think there is an advantage to either the crystal lens or to the tetraflex over standard monofocal IOLs. George, um, in, in, in my own clinical practice, when, when I implant monofocal lenses, um, I, I always aim for one of three things, either to correct both eyes for distance, um, for I have some patients who, because of their work, want both eyes corrected for uh, near or, or for some, some particular distance, uh, or I, I correct for monovision, typically in patients who are prior monovision contact lens wearers. In, in, in my own practice, I've, I've never intentionally aimed for mini monovision. H- having, you know, gotten the data that, that, that you've gotten and shown that with conventional monofocal lenses that, um, that mini monovision um, targets can, can achieve uh, what, what you showed... In, in the context of your own clinical practice now, do you aim for mini monovision with your monofocal lens patients? You know, I, I think you described a whole variety of patients, and there are certain patients who um, have visual demands. So what I explain to patients is the following. If I target both of your eyes for distance with a standard monofocal IOL, I can probably achieve better than 20-20 vision with both your eyes, and, that, and I've shown that before, that you get about 2015 vision bilaterally if you target both eyes for distance. If I target one eye for minus a quarter and the other eye for minus 75, I tell them what that will achieve is uh, probably 20-20 vision for distance, uh, so you lose one line for distance, but what you gain is good computer distance vision, so you'll be able to use the computer uh, comfortably, probably without glasses, and about 2040 vision for near, which means you can go shopping, you can look at prices, you can pick up the mail, you can be, you know, you can read what's there. But if you sit down to read a book, you'll still need glasses. If you want to have true monovision, where you have one for distance and one for near, that extends that range. But you will always, you know, you may be aware of the difference between the two eyes. Whereas with mini monovision, you're not aware of that dis- difference as much. So I would say the vast majority of patients are very happy to be targeted for mini monovision. And then there are, you know, exceptional patients who have demands that you try and achieve by targeting other refractive outcomes for them. I think the bottom line on this is, you know, the the one criticism that you may get is that this is um, looking at the Chrysalis HD, which is not available anymore. You know, they have a Chrysalis HAO available right now. But if you look... um, at, critically at the studies that are, are being shown with that lens, uh, and you look at the fine print, the vast majority of those patients are still being targeted for a myopic outcome in their refraction. You know, one eye sort of minus a quarter and the other eye minus 75. And so people are still, or the companies are still advocating this mini-monovision approach with the crystalline AO. Um, and even the large studies, you know, that you'll see presented at meetings if you look uh, critically at it, you'll see that there is this mini monovision that's still being targeted. So I still ask the question, you know, um, nobody has adequately shown that there's an advantage to these lenses, um, and, I, and I would urge 
you know, my fellow ophthalmologists to be critical when they decide whether they want to use them or not. George, thank you very much. Thank you. George Baiko is lecturer at the University of Toronto and assistant clinical professor at McMaster University in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. His paper, Comparison of Visual Results with Accommodating Intraocular Lenses versus Mini Monovision with Monofocal Intraocular Lenses, appears in the January 2013 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Here's some additional information about the new ASCRS Media Center. Almost all of the 2012 ASCRS ASOA meeting was audio and video recorded, and there are now more than 1,300 sessions featuring almost 1,000 speakers available online. You can view the general sessions, ASCRS paper sessions, symposia, films and posters, plus select courses and ASOA sessions on business management. It's essentially the entire meeting, anytime you want, and it's all available through the new ASCRS Media Center. If you attended the meeting, your Media Center access is free. If you're a current ASCRS or ASOA member but didn't attend, you can still see everything that you missed for the member price of $199. If you're not an ASCRS member, you can still purchase the Media Center, or better yet, Join us and get the lower member price. To view the 2012 meeting through the Media Center, visit the ASCRS website at www.ascrs.org. If you're already a member, log in first and then click the Media Center link. If you're a guest, just click the Media Center link at the top of the page. From there, you can purchase the Chicago 2012 package or better yet, Join the ASCRS and receive the discounted member price. Ask questions of Dr. Baiko or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.